Hello and welcome to the Rational National Podcast. I'm your host, David Dole. Coming up on today's episode, three different uh, segments for you. The first one, Bernie strikes back at failed commentator Bill Kristol, followed by MSNBC shares wrong poll number to push false 2020 narrative. And finally, Biden skips campaigning to hang with big donors instead. So I don't have uh, much else to say today, but uh, here are the segments. In the 1990s, Crystal had organized a campaign for increased military spending and a muscular foreign policy. Failed conservative writer Bill Crystal has come out for hashtag never Sanders. Now, the reason is going to be kind of funny because Bill Crystal has been wrong about everything his entire career. This is somebody who never thought Trump would be able to win. Clearly, he was wrong. But not only that, Bill Crystal has been on the wrong side of practically every issue. He has been pro-war his entire career. And the reason that he is actually uh, opposing Bernie Sanders here is because Bernie has actually been on the correct side of history when it comes to American foreign policy. So Bill Crystal tweeted this out. Hashtag never Sanders to this article in the New York Times titled, I did my best to stop American foreign policy, Bernie Sanders on the 1980s. So the article goes into Bernie's opposition to the war in Vietnam, uh, America overthrowing governments in Latin America, and of course, Bernie's opposition to the Iraq war, showcasing Bernie's history being on the correct side of all of these issues where but if you actually read the article, they try to um, it, it's, it's sort of an interview with Bernie. And they try to make him look bad, even though he's been on the right side of all of these issues. But the bottom line here is Bill Crystal has been on the opposite side of all of these foreign policy blunders, supporting all of them. Meanwhile, Bernie has been consistently fighting back against them. So to give you an example here of how instrumental Bill Crystal was in especially uh, the Iraq war and selling it to the public, here's a, a report from Bill Moyers from uh, 2008. No one got more airtime from an armchair than Bill Crystal, editor of the Weekly Standard and a media-savvy Republican strategist. In the 1990s, Crystal had organized a campaign for increased military spending and a muscular foreign policy. In 1998, he and his allies wrote President Bill Clinton, urging him to remove Saddam Hussein from power. And now, just days after 9-11, with many of their allies serving in the administration, they wrote an open letter to President Bush calling for regime change in Baghdad. Over the coming months, Crystal's weekly standard kept up the drumbeat. What are the consequences if the U.S. does not finish off uh, this uh, uh, Saddam Hussein as the second step in the war on terrorism? It would mean that the president, having declared a global war on terrorism, didn't follow through, didn't take out the most threatening uh, terrorist state in the, in, in the world. Yeah, so... There's Bill Crystal on television pushing for the war in Iraq. And uh, let me show you another clip here from back during this time where <laughs> Bill Crystal attempted to predict how long the war in Iraq would take. I'm for, equal, for liberating the people of Iraq from this horrible tyranny. I, I don't really agree with the first caller. I, I don't think in the sense that I think there's plenty of patriotism and I think the American people understand that war is tough. And I think that though the administration was a little over-optimistic the first day or two, and, you know, hopeful, obviously, that we might secure a very quick victory, and it was a reasonable thing to try. 
and the media in its usual way, you know, oscillated up and down. Uh, the fact is the American people are patient and calm, and they understand that there will be casualties, and they understand that it could take a month or two months, not a week or two weeks. A month or two months. Not a week or two weeks. No, a month or two months. Or 10 plus years. I mean, it's all the same. With Bill Crystal, <laughs> you really can't go wrong about how wrong he is about everything, which there are many articles that go into this. I don't want to break them all down because honestly, this would be like a 30 minute video breaking down every time Bill Crystal has been wrong about something. But let me just show you a couple headlines here to articles that I'll link below the video. Uh, reminder that Bill Crystal and the neocons are always wrong about everything. Uh, this one from The Atlantic. Bill Crystal, a timeline of faulty predictions. Bill Crystal says, says Giuliani will run for president. He also said Hillary would win. <laughs> That's from uh, 2011. And because these articles actually are uh, at least a couple years or a few years old, there are more predictions that Bill Crystal was wrong about. Of course, one of the major ones uh, recently being that he thought Trump, there was no chance Trump would win. And Trump obviously won. Now, uh, I saw this tweet from Anthony Fantano, and I want to share it because this is exactly what Bill Crystal is. Bill Crystal uh, is like a perfectly programmed wrong opinion machine. <laughs> the consistency is stunning. So this is a situation where I'm actually, you, we should all be glad that Bill Crystal is never Sanders. Because Bill Crystal has been wrong about everything, I think uh, Bill Crystal's prediction here of never Sanders, or at least his support of being for anybody but Sanders, is actually a very good indication that there is a strong chance that Bernie will actually become president. Now, Bernie responded to uh, Bill Crystal surprisingly. So in the past, Bernie hasn't really been as, um, uh, I guess, forceful in his uh, uh, attacking or his, att his attempts to go after people that go after him. But in this case, because Bill Crystal is such an easy target, Bernie uh, tweeted out, have you apologized to the nation for your foolish advocacy of the Iraq war? I make no apologies for opposing it. This is the kind of fight that we need to see from Bernie Sanders on a consistent basis throughout this campaign. It can't just be against people like Bill Crystal, which, uh, I mean, are, are easy targets, but also, I mean, they should be attacked. But also, it should be against people like Joe Biden. So Bernie has been comparing his record to Joe Biden, but he's been doing it, I think, too kindly. He really, I think, should go strong after Biden. And not only, look, it's, it's not only the right thing to do, but strategically, I think it's the right thing to do. He has the potential here to really change minds and make people aware, not only of the stark differences in the record between um, Bernie's record and, and Joe Biden, but also just in terms of showing people that there is fight in Bernie. So... Bernie, uh, in general, his his fight has largely been directed towards people that are um, or companies that are in, in positions of power like Walmart or Amazon, people or companies that aren't paying their employees properly, aren't giving them proper benefits. But he also can use and should use that same strategy against his opponents that have been wrong about everything, like, of course, Bill Crystal, but also like Joe Biden. So I hope we see a little more of this fight from Bernie Sanders. And this is just another reminder that Bill Crystal <laughs> has been consistently wrong about absolutely everything. MSNBC, including Chuck Todd and NBC's Meet the Press, have continued to push this anti-Sanders narrative. Now, it's one thing to only have on people 
that support every other candidate in the Democratic primary. But it's another thing to actually publish fake poll numbers to try and fit the narrative that you're trying to sell. So this is something that uh, Meet the Press did last week, but they also continued it and continued it uncorrected this weekend. So first, let me show you what they did last week. So as uh, David Sirota, uh, David Sirota tweeted out on May 21st, great trend. Yesterday, a new poll showed Bernie Sanders now tied for first in Iowa. Now today, the new Quinnipiac poll shows Bernie with the largest month-to-month gain of any Dem candidate, plus five points after a big month of campaigning across the country. Now, this plus five in the Quinnipiac poll, <laughs> interestingly, last week turned into a negative five on MSNBC's uh, Meet the Press. So check out this screenshot that they published. Minus five for Bernie Sanders under that Quinnipiac poll where he was actually uh, plus five. So this was the only number here that was wrong. And they did this to push a certain narrative. Now, if you don't believe me, all you have to do is dig into the numbers and see it for yourself. I'll link to this below the video. MSNBC published a fake poll number and they have yet to correct it. So as 21st Century FDR on Twitter uh, pointed out here, on April 30th, 2019, in a Quinnipiac University poll, Sanders was 11%. And on May 21st, 2019, the very poll that MSNBC was supposed to be citing showed Sanders plus 5 at 16%. So he went up five points in that Quinnipiac poll. But as I said, MSNBC, and as you saw, published a fake poll number saying that he was actually minus five in that Quinnipiac poll. And this entire narrative continued into this weekend on NBC's Meet the Press. Yamish, uh, in the Democratic primary polling, we've had a couple of recent polls, and there's one undeniable trend. Bernie Sanders seems to be getting squeezed from two sides. Joe Biden got in, his numbers grew, Bernie Sanders got lower, and Elizabeth Warren has been growing. And in some ways, Yamish, what was interesting, I think it was in the Monmouth poll, the less you were paying attention, the more likely you were a Bernie Sanders supporter. The point being, Biden took a bunch of soft supporters. Warren, with I have a plan for that, is starting to get traction. Bernie seems to be a candidate all of a sudden trying to figure out how to get traction again. Well, this is the dilemma of 2020 because Bernie Sanders in 2016 was the flagship progressive candidate. If you liked Warren, if you liked other people, you really found your candidate in Bernie Sanders. Now you have Elizabeth Warren and other people talking about the same kind of legislation, same policies. I was talking to someone from the Warren campaign today. They wouldn't comment on polls, but they made a point to say, first of all, she's been to 18 states plus Puerto Rico. She's also someone who's held 81 town halls. That person was basically making the case, look, she's doing just as much as him. And I was thinking, about how Senator Warren has been setting herself apart. Apart from being the first candidate to talk about impeaching the president, she also decided not to go on Fox News and right. hold that town hall. And I asked that campaign person, well, you know, tell me a little bit more about that decision. They pointed me to the threat and said, look, she was not, she didn't mince any words with Fox News. She said they're hate-filled propaganda right. network. As a result, she's basically saying, this is the camp that I'm going to be in. Obviously, Bernie Sanders says, I want to go after those he voters. He was the first one to yeah. do a Fox town hall. Yeah, right. and then, of course, you have Joe Biden, who is who is already trying to claim that he's the most progressive candidate, that's, of course, going to be pushed back and pushed back on. But there's this idea that Bernie Sanders isn't the hot new kid anymore. And I know that that's interesting <laughs> well, to say about Bernie Sanders. Yeah, that really... But was... George, you know... All right. Before I get to uh, the incredible <laughs> lie that was in this uh, segment, 
Let me first address uh, some of Yamiche's comments here saying Bernie is not the new hot kid. Bernie Sanders has the most individual donors. He has the most individual donors also below $200, and he also has the most volunteers. This is somebody that actually, on the ground, by far, has the most support. But you only have commentators on mass media trying to uh, push a, a fake narrative around this, saying that, oh, actually, his support has gone down because we're showing you these these two poll numbers, which, if you noticed, they only showed two poll numbers. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, to, to push this narrative that we want you to, uh, to believe. So uh, also, I guess I'll just mention here briefly that the Fox News town hall. I mean, I did a video on Warren not doing the town hall and, and Bernie doing it. I think it's clear Bernie doing the Fox News town hall was the correct decision, as you saw from the reaction that Bernie got and uh, and the support that he got in, in polling as well from that. You need to be able to expose the Fox News audience to a different perspective. I don't want to go over that whole argument again, because I, again, I broke it down in, in two different videos on one on Bernie, one on Warren. But I do think it, I do think potentially in Warren's case, it may have been a good decision for her not to do the Fox News town hall because of what Fox News likely would have done to go after her. They like, uh, likely would have focused on the Pocahontas thing and try to distract her uh, from Warren's positions on policy issues. I don't think Warren as, is as equipped as Bernie Sanders is to talk to a Fox News audience. So potentially it was actually the right move for Warren. But at the same time, I don't think you should be congratulating a candidate for choosing to not speak to an audience. Now, let me show you this, uh, <laughs> what they did in this clip. So, as I showed you earlier, the, the poll that they showed uh, from last week that was wrong, where this uh, minus five was actually a plus five, they must have heard it. They must have realized that, oh, shoot, yeah, we posted the wrong poll number. So, instead of actually correcting it, they just took out the poll this week. So instead of instead of showing the plus five, they're just like, you know what? We're not going to show the Quinnipiac poll at all. We're just going to show Monmouth and Fox News as a way to continue this phony narrative that we have. And during that segment, Chuck Todd also said, um, uh, I think it was from the Monmouth poll. Uh, the less you were paying attention, the more likely you were a Bernie Sanders supporter. That was actually from the Quinnipiac poll that you decided to not show on your show, because it also showed that Bernie Sanders was plus five. I mean, this, it's not even, like, it's, it's not even a secret. They're clearly, whether it's the producers, I, I don't even think it's necessarily Chuck Todd. I don't think Chuck Todd is all that bright. I think it's behind the scenes. They have a narrative to push. These are massive corporations that don't want to pay more in taxes, that don't want to pay their employees properly, that don't want to offer certain benefits, that don't want to anger their advertisers like big pharma advertisers by uh, pushing a candidate that supports Medicare for all and uh, Bernie who on a constant basis attacks, uh, attacks big pharma. So there are all these different interests, whether it's advertisers, whether it's the bottom line of these massive companies personally, whatever it is, they are clearly pushing a narrative that is anti-Sanders, even to the point of publishing fake poll numbers. Now, let's actually look at uh, what the uh, the poll average has been so far in the Democratic primary. So uh, since Biden announced, he did go up and Sanders did go down. But as you've seen, or as you see here, Biden is 
dropping off again. And Sanders is beginning to go up, though he has dipped slightly uh, recently. So this is, it's important to remind people, first of all, how early it is, but also how much these numbers can and will change once the primary gets going, once there's actually a debate, once there is actually a real discussion and more people paying attention to who these candidates are and what they represent. It's important to also remind people of what happened in 2016, where Bernie Sanders closed a 60-point gap against Hillary Clinton. So this is somebody who, it's not even about Sanders as much as it's about what he represents. This is somebody that has been on the same side of every issue for the past 40 years. He is on the correct side of issues in terms of being like being for something like Medicare for All, which the vast majority of voters support, including a majority of Republicans support Medicare for All, whether it's higher taxes on the rich, whether it's getting out of these regime change wars. I mean, look at policy after policy after policy. On the vast majority of these issues, Bernie Sanders is on the correct side, not even in terms of the correct side, it being a progressive, but on the correct side of where the actual voters are, what the voters support, Sanders supports. So this is what I what I keep saying. These poll numbers are going to change. And I mean, the other the flip side of that is that the media, the mass media definitely has an impact. So segments like this, pushing this idea that Sanders is going down that uh, Warren is is rising in the polls, even even though she is, but slightly <laughs> nowhere near Bernie Sanders, or that Biden has this incredibly str- uh, strong support. These sorts of narratives, they do have an impact on the average cable news viewer, on just the average person that doesn't really follow politics closely, that doesn't watch you know YouTube videos, or doesn't actually dive into these numbers. This will have an impact. So while I do think, and I do hope, that these poll numbers will change dramatically once the the debates get going and once the actual discussion um, really heats up. It's not a guarantee because cable news and the mass media still has an impact on how these politicians are uh, perceived um, nationwide and in terms of their potential to actually gain support in the primary. So if you continue to see I mean, and we will continue to see MSNBC, CNN, Washington Post, New York Times continue to smear Bernie Sanders and in some cases post fake poll numbers. This will have a negative impact on Bernie Sanders. But the hope is that enough people will be paying attention to what Bernie's actually saying himself, that he will be able to get over this this clear attempt to take Bernie down in the Democratic primary. 2020 candidate Joe Biden is running a campaign of limited exposure. Those are the words from his campaign aides. (laughs) Now, what this actually means, as I'm going to get to in a second here, is that Joe Biden is picking big dollar fundraisers over actual campaign events for real voters. So before I get any farther, let me uh, show you this clip here that was actually clipped out from a status coup of a MSNBC talking about this uh, Joe Biden move. Meanwhile, the Washington Post is reporting that Joe Biden has has decided to uh, run a, quote, campaign of limited exposure. How effective of a strategy could that could that be? Well, Craig, I don't think this is going to serve Joe Biden well in the long run because the like candidates have to be have to expose themselves to the people. They have to 
you know, show, show who they truly are to voters and show their personality. And I think when you have staff potentially siphoning them, siphoning them off and not allowing them to, you know, press the flesh, as we say in politics on the campaign trail, and really get to know folks by quarantining them off, I think that can be a dangerous trajectory, um, especially in this field of 24 candidates. And we all know, I mean, Allie's on the ground in Iowa right now. We all know that Iowa voters, I mean, they flirt with a lot of candidates. It's almost like dating. They go on a lot of dates with candidates, and then they ultimately decide who they want to support. But they want to meet everybody. They want to have real conversations. And I think if Joe Biden's team is somehow sectioning him off from that ability, then that's going to hurt him in the long run. All right. Now, I actually disagree with the analysis here, but I'll get to that in a second. I want to read a little bit more from uh, the Washington Post on what Joe Biden's doing. Senator Bernie Sanders plans to enjoy ice cream with New Hampshire voters to celebrate Memorial Day. He won't be far from former Maryland Congressman John Delaney, another presidential candidate who's in the midst of his 19th trip to the state and plans an itinerary that includes four barbecues, one parade, and a wreath laying. In Iowa, Cory Booker is rolling through the cornfields in an RV, while Gillibrand unveils a family bill of rights and tours of an ethanol plant. And here's former Vice President Joe Biden's agenda for the holiday weekend, according to his campaign. Joe Biden has no public events scheduled. <laughs> Those seven words are becoming familiar for the Biden team. Aside from a campaign swing right after announcing his candidacy, Biden has kept his head down while his rivals rush from state to state to state. Even when he has held public events, they have included only a handful of questions from voters or reporters. The light public schedule reflects the unique position of his campaign, advisors say. With near universal name recognition and high favorability ratings among Democrats, the former vice president does not need to introduce himself to voters ne like nearly every other candidate. And as a leader in early polls, he can attract media attention without splashy events. This, I mean... Okay, there are multiple levels to this because strategically, I actually think this is a smart move for Biden. But before I get to that, just look at this in terms of Biden as as a politician. So here is Biden already not putting the work in. Here he is thinking, people already know who I am. I don't have to have these uh, public events. Let me instead, as I'm going to get to in a minute here, let me instead go and raise some big money with my special interest donors, because that is more of a better, that's a better use of his time, in his opinion, than it is to speak to the average voter. This is an example of how Biden would be president. Once he wins, he's going to lay back and let the campaign donors take over, let the fundraisers take over. He doesn't give a shit about people. All he cares about is winning. All he cares about is his ego, is power. He doesn't care at all about actually talking to people and helping real voters. So on that, I mean, in that sense, it shows you who Biden actually is. But in terms of strategy, I actually think this is a good move for Joe Biden. And I'll tell you why. The more people see Joe Biden, the more they're going to dislike him. Joe Biden right now is high in the polls. He's enjoying a nice lead. He's enjoying uh, that lead essentially based on name recognition and his attachment to Barack Obama. Why would he go out there, potentially say something stupid and ruin that? I mean, <laughs> for his campaign and for him, it makes a lot more sense to kind of ride this out and 
you know, maybe once he starts dipping, then get back out there and and uh, start talking to people. But in the meantime, enjoy the lead and hope that uh, other candidates don't catch up because he really, at this point, doesn't have to do anything else. Now, as I've said before, I think once it gets to the uh, debates, there's going to be a big shift in what happens. I think people will begin to see who these candidates actually are. A lot of people right now, a lot of voters aren't really paying attention. So once the debates start, they will, more of them will begin to pay attention. And I think by September, October, there's going to be a, a shift in in the polling. And I think we're going to see Bernie Sanders take over. And I think Bernie's going to win Iowa. I think he's going to win New Hampshire. And I think it's going to roll on from there. But look, these are just predictions based on nothing except for the fact that I think Bernie, uh, or I know looking at polling that Bernie has the same positions that the vast majority of Americans have, whether it's on Medicare for all, the vast majority of Americans want Medicare for all, whether it's on raising taxes on the rich and multinational corporations, the majority of voters support that, whether it's on climate change, whether it's on uh, college. I mean, go down the list. On the vast majority of policy issues, Bernie is exactly where the majority of American people are. So I think it'll get down to a point where people will see that and they'll recognize that Joe Biden is Joe Biden. <laughs> doesn't really offer anything. And really, the even apart from all the policy, just throw policy out the window for a second. Look at how these campaigns are run. Bernie gets his money only from individual donors, the majority of them under $200. Bernie is running on a campaign for the people. He has the biggest volunteer base. He has the most individual donors. The most individual donors also under $200. Bernie is a candidate for the people. Joe Biden, what's he doing with his time? He's going to fundraisers. So instead of going and having these campaign events, this is what Joe Biden is actually doing. After a short burst of activity in the early primary states, his schedule the past two weeks or so has mostly involved fundraisers which, while publicly announced and attended by a pool reporter, are far different from open campaign events. Of course, of course, this is what Joe Biden's doing. I have already multiple videos covering Joe Biden and his big fundraisers. Let me just run through several of these fundraisers after he announced. So in April, uh, Joe Biden kicked off his campaign at the home of a Comcast executive, raising over $500,000. Then on May 4th, Biden raises more than $100,000 at South Carolina fundraiser. Then Joe Biden brings in massive cash haul at a Hollywood fundraiser that draws donors from across the country. And that was on May 8th, where he raised $700,000. And just in the past 24 hours, I saw these headlines. Joe Biden eyes San Francisco fundraising tour setting up a Bay Area battleground for 2020 Democratic dollars. And that's with tickets starting at $500 each. There's also this headline. Joe Biden prepares for New York fundraiser fundraising blitz with Governor Andrew Cuomo and short seller Jim Chanos, who is an investment manager, with tickets starting at $2,800 per person. And they'll be joined by several prominent New York real estate executives, including Bruce Mosler, chairman of Global Brokerage, and Cushman and Wakefield, Hall Fetner, CEO of Fetner Properties, and Kenneth Fisher, a co-managing partner at Fisher Brothers, the people added. Who do you think Joe Biden works for? Joe Biden works for his big donors. That's why he's spending 
all of his time hanging out at these fundraising events as opposed to actually having real campaign events with actual voters. Again, this is the perfect example of who Joe Biden would work for if he were to become president. It would not be about the people. It would be about the powerful people within his circle. Joe Biden is simply corrupt Joe. Now, one glimmer of hope, I hope, <laughs> is that Joe Biden is the front runner by every measure except big crowds. So the former Veep is leading the Democratic field in all the important categories except one. Joe Biden, when he does have these campaign events, not many people are showing up, at least compared to the other candidates. It shows you that there is no excitement for Joe Biden. This is Hillary 2.0. If Joe Biden were to actually become the nominee, I don't know if he'd win. And it's because he would not be able to excite out voters out to go vote for him, much like Hillary Clinton was not able to excite people out to go vote for her. I mean, the, the, the mistake that these Democrats make over and over again is thinking that they can take or get over Republican voters, that they're going to come out. That's not going to happen. Republican voters in every presidential election come out in big numbers. You're not going to peel those people off. They come out in big numbers for their candidate. The only way to win is to excite the people that you have yet to excite in your party. You have to get people out to vote. You have to get non-voters. You have to get independents. You have to attract these people with big, bold ideas, with new messages, with something different. If you are a typical politician having these big dollar fundraisers, spending all your time with these special interests, this is just the same politics that people have grown to hate. This is who Joe Biden has always been. But because he's had this um, veneer of being like, you know, your average dude, a lot of people miss the fact that Joe Biden is just as corrupt as the next politician. But my hope is with politicians like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, at least Warren in the primary, not taking any of this big money either, uh, talking about how they are running their campaigns and how they are funded and how Joe Biden and other candidates are corrupted. My hope is people will wake up to this and realize that they actually need a new direction.